0: Good day, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author. And we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. What's uniquely special is that I'm going to be doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley. And I'm very excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. Welcome, Haley, to another episode.
1: Hello. Hello. I was just thinking we've been doing this for almost a year.
0: I you know we should count wow. the episodes.
1: Yeah, we should. Should pretty close. I'm sure So right. you had
0: some very cool ideas about how we're doing, what we're about, how we're doing and what we're doing. And you are on spring break. So you're yeah. very creative.
1: I know. This is the thing I think is like, as soon as I'm like not working anymore, I'm like so many ideas. Um, but I think like what I was really thinking about, and I start to see this in the news a lot too, like, um, where there's a lot of talk about a four day work week, and it's 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 cutting back on the hours, It's cutting back on the demands at work. Um, and time and time again, anytime they do studies um, with productivity and happiness of employees uh, of any of these companies who take pilot projects in these four day work weeks, they just see increasingly incredible results. Um, and so I was thinking about that and 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 I think about, um, you know, in my job, I I teach Gen Zs. I am a millennial. I work with Gen X and I work with some baby boomers and, and I I just find generation theory and different generations and values and and things like that. I just find it just so fascinating. And so I find that, and you know, I've been doing some reading about this too, but I feel like what was so important in your generation, this like grind, the hustle culture, the keep working hard, always increase your profits, your productivity, your you know, what you're accomplishing, grow, 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 increase, 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 more, 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 uh, push, 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 push. Um, and the idea of work-life balance being like something lazy and not something to aspire to. And, you know, you should be working all the time. And if you're not answering emails at night and I, am not saying you specifically, but you know, I, I see this at my own work and, um, conversations with my employees or like with not my employees, but my, my colleagues, Um, but it's just sort of like the, 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 the balance between standing up for yourself and saying, Hey, I don't actually want to work until 10 PM tonight, or is that being lazy or is that being entitled? Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this dad, baby boomer?
0: Well, I think it, I think it's very interesting. I, I know for me, I have spent my life setting goals, driving myself to getting better pushing harder. And there's been a residue of growth from all that. I mean, my business has grown, I've been very successful, I've been able to, you know, we have this beautiful home on this beautiful acreage, and and we get to really enjoy the kind of life that we want. But I've been doing a lot of examination myself lately. And I've been doing a lot of careful values, clarification, And what really is important in life? And maybe it's a stage in life that we want to do the best we can. But sometimes my drive for better, my ambition is actually a frozen, something is not right inside of me. And what happens is my ambition misses the art of living, Hmm. that we get efficient and high powered, and we forget the art of really just being present to life. And it's it's like try to be efficient with a child.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I I still remember the time you know that I parented your oldest sister from a distance. she was raised in Utah and she came up here in the summers. And I had a ritual of every Sunday night. I would call her at six o'clock and we would talk and it was a ritual. And it, and, and nine times out of 10, I would say, well, how are you doing? And she would say, fine. And then I'd have to dig deeply. And, and we would have these conversations that sometimes didn't go very far, but she knew that she could count on me.
1: Yeah.
0: And one day I was at the airport. And I was trying to be efficient and I thought, okay, I'm going to call Melissa at six and I've got a flight at 645. And I'll never forget this. And I thought, well, most of those calls last for 15 minutes and I can call her at six and then I can end the call at quarter after six, get boarded and I'll, be very efficient and I had it all planned out and when I said how are you this was the day that there was silence on the other end of the phone and she started to sob
1: I've never heard this story
0: (laughs) and she had she had just broken up with a boyfriend and she said dad I hope you're not in a hurry." So you know what, you can't be, I I ended up missing that flight. I didn't know that. And I said, you know what, some things are more important than efficiency. Because you can't live your whole life being efficient. And we're, we're, we're so high powered that we neglect what really matters in life. So I've been doing, I think part of it is the surgery that I've been through. My life has been kind of turned upside down. And I'm reflecting very deeply on these kind of questions. The other thing I want to say is that I spent this weekend with my sister, your aunt Kate, and we went up and visited your aunt Diane, who was married to my brother who passed away four years ago, five years ago. And it's so, they have the most amazing daughter and Kate was talking to Bronwyn and she was saying, how are you doing Bronwyn? This is your cousin. And, and ex-roommate
1: Bronwyn, I might add too. And your I'm old living. roommate. Yes.
0: Yeah. Your, <laughs> former, your former roommate when you were in Edmonton. And, <laughs> and Bronwyn said, and I hope I, this is, I got this secondhand. So I, I and she's the most amazing young lady, but she said, I think I've decided I'm just going to be mediocre in life. I'm just going to be average. And I'm just going to enjoy my life. And what's what's incredible about that statement is that she's a remarkable parent. But she, it's it's not, see, I get afraid of saying mediocre because I equate that to lazy. That's my generation. That's that old notion. If you don't make yourself big, you'll be invisible. You're not going to amount to anything. You're going to be lazy. But she is anything but lazy. She's vibrant. She's alive. She is a remarkable parent. You know her her daughter. You two are just so close. And her kids are loved. But she just purely enjoys life. And she enjoys being present with them. And they are all shining stars. Not because they're trying to be. Not because they're working at it. Not because they're burning themselves out but because they're experiencing their humanity so i i am really hooked into this topic right now
1: i was reflecting on this so i've i you know just as a runner right i've been doing a lot of research but like okay i want to get faster this is my this is my goal i got it. i want to faster now i've run one marathon i got to get faster and what i find is so fascinating is that the elite runners the general rule of thumb and this this is totally in line with this too Right. And I think about like when you used to, when I used to talk to you about your running training plans and the training plans of like 20 years ago, it was push, 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 go faster all the time. You're not going to get any faster by 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 going slower. Right. And you have to run more than your intended mileage. Right. Like you just got to keep pushing, keep increasing your mileage. But now current science says that actually the bulk of your of your training the bulk of your runs for example like we're talking 80 85% of your runs should be easy they should be conversational pace they should be like in what they call zone 1 in terms of your heart rate right it could be it could be a walk it could be active right the idea is that when you go hard you go hard but that's like one out of every five or six runs that's the that's the the sort of the current science of it and i think that that also reflects this Right, is that you don't have to. It's not sustainable to push, 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 push. push, Right, you have to to scale back. You have to be present. You have to be here. Then it's okay to push when you have the energy for it, right? But it's it's about like being mindful and mindfulness, right? And that's you know mindfulness is such an important thing when it comes to slowing down and and being aware with your bodies and their cues for hunger, your cues for tired, your cues for when it needs a rest, when it needs a break, when it needs some alone time, some solitude, right? Like mindfulness is just like being tuned in with what you need. And I think that that was like maybe one thing that one beautiful little gem that's come out of COVID is that we've realized that we don't have to push all the time. There's a lot we can do from home. There's a lot we can, we can do with less. It's not about, you know, more, Stuff, more money, and and I, you know, and and you know the 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 cynical of capitalism person inside me, right, is is looking at how current company models are. Unless you're in the green, unless you're increasing in the green in profits, right, like that, then your your business is not successful. But that's not a sustainable model for living our life. We can't always be pushing towards goals and growth. Because like, you know, there's 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 some joy in just like sitting back and settling. And maybe that's just the millennial in me, but I think that there is like I, th- I feel like we're on the cusp of some big social change as people start to recognize that, no, we, we don't need and, in fact, can't afford anyways, bigger houses and and more cars and to be working 14 hour workdays in order to be able to afford all of these things. And like they're you know, yes, we won't have the big, expensive cars in the really nice house anymore if we, you know, scale it back to a seven hour workday. But the things that we get in between is way more valuable, right? Time spent with each other and experiences and, you know, personal development and all that kind of thing in terms of like working on our own hobbies and our own self, not for external validation, but just purely for purely for who you are, you know,
0: where do you see this among your parents in terms of how they push their kids?
1: What I find really fascinating is that Gen Z. So the generation beneath me these are the gen- this is the generation that grew up exclusively with cell phones or smartphones not even just cell phones but smartphones and the internet so this is uh generally speaking gen z is generally agreed about to be born between 2010 and 2015 2020 that's gen z's now be, be the so so those kids though right so the parents of them are generally gen x right so the parents of this current generation this generation has no time for it they're not about the hustle culture, right? They're, they're, they, the, the, this current, like Generation Z, who is now, or Gen Z, who are now entering the workforce, right? They're in their late teens, they're in their early 20s right now. They're graduating from high school, some are graduating from university or post secondary programs. They, they don't stand for it and they have no interest in uh, people pleasing. They have no interest in working more than their required hours. They have no interest in doing above and beyond for their own self preservation um and i know earlier like some of my you know older colleagues are like oh they're just lazy they're entitled whatever but i actually think there's something to be said about it because they're they're you know they're they're not they're not interested in working 80 hour work weeks for potentially a promotion they're not interested in that right they're interested in being um not efficient but like economic with their time so that they can spend the time doing the things that they love right? This generation is incredibly interested in climate change and the environment and doing good things for that. They're incredibly interested in world events, right? They're growing up in a time of extreme crisis, right? They're growing up post-COVID, like they they came of age during COVID, right? And so there's a lot of turmoil and they're they're very optimistic about it, right? They want to change the world, right? And um, yeah, sure, they're on their phone all the time, but I I mean, I don't like, that's their world. That's what they grew up in. And so they're being raised by Gen X, if that makes sense. Right. And Gen X, I think is still trying there's, there's this, there's this friction there because Gen X are kind of in the cusp between boomers and millennials. So Gen X came of age during, you know, the 1970s, the 1980s, or maybe not 1970s, more 1980s is when they came of age. Um, and, uh, And so they're much more about, you know, you got to work hard. You got, you don't be lazy, don't be entitled. And so like, I think there's a lot of friction there, right? But I think as the boomers retire and the Gen Zs start to take over more of the workplace, I think we're just going to see a lot more life outside of work. We're going to see more hobbies. We're going to see more traveling. We're going to see more environmentally sustainable options, um, we're going to see more uh, more awareness for mental health, right? More discussions about mental health, and and we're going to see more, um, I think, appreciation of diversity, not just of cultures and languages and and experiences, but also in terms of like people who are on the autism spectrum, people who have ADHD, people who don't think and learn the way that everybody was forced to fifty or sixty or seventy years ago, right? The idea of boxes is now being dismantled. And I think that that's, I know this is kind of going on a huge tangent, but I, I I, have a lot of hope seeing these Gen Zs coming into the workforce, because I think they're not afraid to, to challenge. They're not afraid to stand up for themselves. They're not afraid to stand up for what's right. They're not going to people please. Um, they're going to come in. They're going to demand to have work-life balance. And uh, I think it's going to be a really good thing overall.
0: I don't think you're advocating for laziness and apathy. No, definitely. I, I don't think you're anti-growth and anti-development nope. and anti-improvement. What you're saying is let's let's get clear about our values. Yes. And as we grow, you're talking about the way that we grow. Yes. The way that we progress. Uh, just like with your running, that you progress by doing less. Yes. You you less is more. There's something about the quality that you're bringing into your progress and into your life.
1: And it's also about, I think, recognizing that we don't have to push all the time, that we can just settle and exist and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with taking a day off and reading. Right. Sitting back and getting into a good book, just because you didn't clean the house, you didn't run all the errands, you didn't meal prep for the week, whatever. Just because you didn't do that, you chose to listen to your body, choose to what you listen to what you need and just rested and read a book. That doesn't mean you're lazy. It means that you're you're more in tune with what your values are and your priorities are, right? You're not trying to force yourself into the priorities of society or the values of your boss, right? You're, you're it's it's self-preservation and it's self-respect. Right. And it's respect for your family and it's respect for, you know, your your community and and what you value.
0: And you're not defining yourself by a standard that you have to and usually an unreachable standard that you're not able to achieve. And therefore, you feel this continual source of inadequacy.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, instead of seeing it as something like, like inadequacy and push, 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 pull, push until you get ahead of that narrative until you yourself don't feel like you're inadequate. That's not what it's about, right? It's about recognizing, Hey, you know what? I'm good at these. It's just being more realistic with your strengths and weaknesses and your priorities, right? It's saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not good at this, but that's okay. I don't have to be, I don't have to force myself to be good at that. I can just accept the way I am. It's acceptance. You know, it's not, it's not, and that doesn't mean not that you won't have goals or you won't like try to achieve those goals. It just means that there are some weeks when you're going to feel motivated and achieve a bunch of goals. And there are going to be some weeks when, you know, you just self-reflect and sit back and, and be open to it and, and, and accept the way that things are. Right, I think about like one of Bronwyn's strengths in parenting, right? And and I think about like you know with with you and Melissa, right? Like one of the strengths about that is that kids aren't on a on they 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 don't meet milestones perfectly, right? Some kids are really fast at them, some kids are really slow at them, and if you need to get a kid out the door in five minutes, they're not. That's just the rule of the world. They're not going to do it. <laughs> they're going to be lost in their mitt and they're going to need to pee and whatever, right? Like. So I think it's it's so like little kids have this mastered, right? They they just they listen to themselves, they listen to what they need and 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 they go with it. They go with the flow a lot more, right? They're not trying to fit into the standards that somebody else has established for them.
0: I know a big part of my being driven in life has come from a place of inadequacy and this place of emptiness and not not enough and I th- I have often worked under a belief that if I just am big enough in the world, if I'm just visible enough, then I'll be enough. And work becomes a place of defining myself rather than expressing myself. Yeah. and i I definitely know that that is shifting for me. It's not completely shifted. But one of the things that I do, Haley, is that I read I'm going to read a story, very quick story out of my my book that I wrote, The Other Everest, Navigating the Pathway to Authentic Leadership. And it's under the section of clarity because what what we're saying, well, let me just read the story and then I'll give a quick analysis. A rich industrialist from the North was horrified to find a Southern fisherman lying lazily beside his boat, smoking a pipe. (laughs) Why aren't you fishing? Asked the industrialist. Because I've already caught enough fish for the day, replied the fisherman. Well, why don't you catch some more? Well, what would I do then, he asked. Well, then you could earn more money, responded the industrialist. And with that, you could have a motor added to your boat or to go into deeper waters and catch more fish. And then you could make more money to buy more nylon nets. And these would bring you more fish and more money. And soon you would have enough money to own two boats and maybe even a fleet of boats. And then you would be rich like me and what would i do then asked the fisherman well then you could really enjoy your life <laughs> well what do you think i'm doing now he responded and i and, you know and, and i use this as an example of an authentic person he's authentic not because he's lazy which would be through the lens of the industrialist he's authentic because he's clear he knows what his values are and he doesn't adhere to what society thinks he should do He listens to a deeper voice. And that's why he's authentic.
1: And I think that's, it's, I think that's what it's really about, right? It's about acceptance and it's about listening. And it's about like really stopping the grind, stopping the push to realize like, is this what I really want? Is this what I really need? Because I think like our society can't keep going on like this right like thinking about like the the depression and anxiety rates that are on the rise right because people are trying to fight these these feelings of of in, inferiority and and lack of self-value right and uh feeling inadequate right and then i i think about too like even in terms of like i'm not going to go all environmentalist here but you know even in terms of like our greed and hunger for the environment it's not sustainable right we we need to we need to have this big reckoning to stop and to just think about and and I think that's what it is practically right it's thinking about what your priorities are and listening to your body if you need a break and then taking the break without feeling guilty about it because that's the other problem right like you never relax dad I'm fully going to call you out on this like how hard was it when you were you and mom went to Mexico about a month ago how hard was it to just not do anything (laughs)
0: Yeah, it is. It is very ingrained in me, I have to admit. And it's hard because right now I can't exercise the way I like to my body's, you know, my body's recovering from this surgery. And it is hard for me mentally. And what I need to do is instead of just hardly waiting to get back to exercise, what I need to do is to allow myself to experience the pleasure of resting. Yeah. And I I know it's ingrained in me, and yet I've had a lot of messages. Come back to, let me go full circles back to running. But I I grew up in a day where I was influenced in my college running days by a guy named Bill Bowerman. Now, there's a little backstory here that Bill Bowerman in the 1960s was a track coach in the States Mm -hmm. at Oregon. And what he was finding was that all the New Zealanders were out, this is before the Kenyans, but came into the picture but the the new zealanders were beating all the distance runners in the united states and so he traveled to new zealand to find out what these runners were doing that he could learn from and bring back to the states and what he learned was that they took rest days and that every other day just exactly what you're talking about and he introduced rest into and rest means an easy run yeah rest means slowing down. yeah and that's where the recovery is. And that's where the that's actually paradoxically where you where you grow. And he came back and revolutionized it's, it's kind of it's standard now in running, but we've gotten back into forgetting that we need easy days, a lot of easy days. but he ended up coming back to the states. He trained, I think it was something like thirty one Olympic athletes um and was pivotal at revolutionizing the way that people saw track and then he started a little company called nike but (laughs) but uh but this is integral it's not sustainable to continue to drive 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 it's not sustainable for ourselves it's not sustainable for relationships it's not sustainable for this planet yeah in terms of uh, the planet will survive but i'm not sure that the human race will survive uh what we're putting our climate what we're putting our our planet through so uh I, very very fascinating reflections
1: well and i think about too like generally too we're not supposed to idolize hunter-gatherer societies generally speaking however that's how we evolved right and i always side tangent always drives me crazy when they're like oh but when we were hunting gathering." You know, we survived off of just meat and vegetables. Okay, yeah. Well, a lot of people died before the age of thirty, so maybe not the best to idolize that. That so, um, midlife was like twenty-one. So there's that. Um, but uh, but one thing that you know we have evolved for, right? are our periods of of slow, of rest, of 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 conversing with our you know around the campfire, conversing with our community, appreciating our you know community together and and social connections. And then push and grind and and get the berries and, and get the supplies and hunt the meat, but then slowing down. And that was a big part of how we evolved, right? And so we need to get back into that, right? And it doesn't mean that you can't ever not hustle. It's just, I think, being more mindful about why you're hustling, right? And and actually thinking about, is this what you really want? Or are you just doing what society tells you to do? Are you just trying to, you know, compensate externally for feelings of inadequacy, right? Getting some sort of external validation for it. Like what's wrong with being mediocre? Why not just accept where you're at, right? Why do you have to just keep pushing and grinding? How are you going to do that this week, dad? Resting. I know you're resting physically, but that also doesn't mean like making all your to-do lists and your goal lists. You don't need, you can, you can. No, down. but it,
0: what I'm doing is, is reflecting on what really, and in the context of this, what are my goals, which are to really more fully bring my natural authentic self more fully to the world and enjoy the journey as i do that and that truly is something that i've been reflecting on and living in alignment with determined to live in closer alignment with that and i i actually think that it's that i'm going to be more impactful when i'm coming from my heart
1: I think so too, right? And it's, I mean, like you're reading novels, which is great because novels aren't necessarily for work, right? Those are just for fun. And that doesn't mean they're any less valuable, right? They talk about the human condition. It's about being present for the human condition, right? And that's why novels, novels are good. That's why, you know, listening to music um, while you're cooking, right? Like, yeah, sure. I'm probably more productive if I just focus on cooking, but that doesn't make it enjoyable, right? And it, it's just, you know, it's, it's finding ways to you know, even if it's comes at, especially actually not an even, but especially if it comes at the sake of productivity, right? Like slowing down and making things more enjoyable, not just productive and efficient.
0: And yeah, we have to really define what productivity is. What does yeah. this mean to you in terms of how you're, you're in the middle of a spring break right now? What does this mean f- to you?
1: I think, I mean, especially at this point in my career, like I'm pretty new to, well, not new anymore, but you know, six years into teaching, um and I was thinking for a while I was like maybe I want to go get my master's maybe I want to move up the admin thing whatever and I was like no I like being in the classroom I don't need to push and hustle like I can just stay and get better at what I'm doing right here and now I don't try I don't need to try to do more I don't need to look for other jobs I can just sort of stay and and just enjoy this until I don't enjoy it anymore and then I can look elsewhere right and yeah sure that doesn't mean that I'm you know got the most flashy job at the university or at the curriculum office or whatever I don't need to search for those yeah sure they'll probably pay a lot more but that's not like I love going to work and I I think that's a that's a great thing and I also now that it's a break you know I'm fighting the inner turmoil of like you know now I should go get the basement organized and cleaned and whatever no it's okay it's okay if I sit back and you know go to a movie and read a bunch of books that are just for fun and I, I don't have to teach and you know go for easy runs and you know that kind of thing so yeah, and that doesn't
0: mean that at some point, if you decided to go back and get a master's degree,
1: yep.
0: that you couldn't. Exactly. And that this isn't a defense against a fear no. of stepping out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah.
0: What it is, is it's deciding what's important to you right now. Yeah. And not exactly. let that be pushed by society or determined exactly. by society. Exactly. Well, Dad,
1: what are you you grateful grateful
0: for this week? Beat your two (laughs) in. Well, I'm grateful for these awarenesses. I'm grateful (laughs) for what the awareness that's come out of this surgery. Um, I'm I'm grateful for the reflections today. I'm grateful that I have a daughter that is passionate about this topic and that we can have these most uh, stimulating, thought-provoking conversations. So thank you.
1: That's good. That's good, Dad. Uh, you? I'm also grateful for that too, and grateful for a break. And I'm grateful for animals. I just they're great. I just well, yeah, you know this. I have a dog and a cat, and they just they bring me so much joy. Like they talk about being in the present, right? Cats aren't worried about being productive, dad. No, they just are present. Same with dogs, you know, like Cooper will <laughs> Cooper the dog. I'll throw the ball and he'll bring it back and I'll throw the ball and he'll bring it back and I'll throw the ball and he'll bring it back and that's the game, that's it. The ball doesn't go and get any farther. He doesn't get any faster. That's just the game and he loves it.
0: (laughs) And most of us are probably just chasing balls in our life. The problem is is that we're, we're defining our worth based on our speed of being able to do that rather than just enjoying the bloody thing.
1: Exactly. Cooper loves chasing the balls, loves it. Loves nothing more than to run the opposite direction when I throw an object that way and bring it back just for me to throw it again. Brings him so much joy. So there you go.
0: (laughs) Well, until our next episode, stay real, everybody. Thanks, Haley.